We are thrilled and moved by the response to the podcast. We love reaching actors all over the world, actors like you, who tell us that our podcast inspires them, informs them, and makes them excited and proud to be an actor. Yeah, but make no mistake, an acting career is won by being in the consistent practice of the work, week after week, month after month, year after year. Success for an actor is in the doing. So here at the BGB studio, we offer the highest quality acting training for passionate, committed, talented, and ambitious actors. We see that kind of work transform talent into successful careers, and that makes us so happy. There is no substitute for doing the work consistently, and we offer the work of success. We are the home of your 10,000 hours. We offer ongoing and eight-week on-camera auditions, scene study, and workout classes. They're available now. So sign up now to secure your spot and get to work. Go to bramangarciabraun.com slash classes or click the link for classes in the podcast show notes. We'll see you in class. You want to book as much acting work as you can, as often as you can. We get that. The thing is, you don't book acting work by focusing on booking acting work. The industry is more dynamic than that. And the art is more interesting than that. By taking you inside the craft, the casting room, and the business, and bringing other industry experts into the conversation, we dig in. We pull back the curtain of the industry and show you how much power you really have as an artist. And by bringing your humanity to the work and the industry, you become an artistic leader, the kind of actor who books work. Even after decades of working with actors all over the world, in our classes at the BGB studio, teaching, coaching, casting, directing, producing, acting, on set, on stage, behind the camera and in front, nothing excites us more than seeing you express your unique artistic voice, humanize the business, and book work doing it. We're here on the podcast and in class at the BGB studio to give you all the tools you need to be a championship level working actor right now in an industry that desperately needs your voice and your leadership. Yeah, industry and artistry. This is the only place you're going to hear this. I'm Risa. And I'm Steve. And this is the Acting Podcast from the BGB Studio. Michelle Allen was a Vancouver-based casting director with 40 years of television and film casting under her belt. Beyond the incredible feat of actually persisting in the business that long, her film credits include working with Alejandro Gonzalez in Yaritu on The Revenant, three films with Zack Snyder, Man of Steel, Watchmen, Sucker Punch, uh, going back farther, The Accused, Roxanne, and TV credits, Lost in Space, Fringe, The Twilight Zone, like countless movies for TV, and then she walked away from casting. This is a really important conversation for actors to hear because in a dynamic where casting directors can be seen as these like faceless decision makers, it reveals the humanity in the individuals, these people, these real vulnerable people who are watching your self-tapes and who are also struggling to maintain their humanity, their dignity in an emotionally violent industry. And, and as you all know, it's not easy. Here's my discussion with Michelle Allen on how she persisted in the business, why she left, and what she's offering actors now. Thank Hello. you for inviting me oh my God. to uh, join you so today. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited for this conversation. We were just talking about this a little bit. Like, the studio is a, is a connection between Risa and me, Risa, casting director, me maybe just coming out of an acting career, but an actor nonetheless. And where the conflict is between those two things, where the space is between those two things, where we can connect. And 
an interesting story. I don't know if I've told you this or not, but it relates to the conversation that I want to have with you. We have casting directors teach at our studio in Los Angeles and other places. And I was coming out of a class one evening and a casting director had just finished a class. And I walked by Reese's office to get to my office and this casting director was on the floor weeping. And I thought, oh my God, like what happened? And I said, are you, like, are you okay? And she said, it's just so moving. <clears throat> and, and, and that conversation that happened afterwards was basically having, having to be in a professional capacity when at heart she's an artist and dealing with actors in a certain professional quote unquote way that demanded of her because she's also dealing with producers and studio and everyone else to, to wall up a little bit. Um, but to be able to do that in class with actors and, and have no walls and, and actually get into the work was really quite moving. And so as I think about you and your incredible career of the course of 35, 40 years, um, even as I say that, I have to pause because it's like, holy <laughs> shit, like that, that is so much time and energy and heart and blood likely put into mm -hmm. the industry in casting um, and what it took as a sensitive person, which I know you to be, to, to navigate all that. Um, and then we come to you stepping away from it, which is another interesting conversation and, and, a, and a conversation that actors, I think, need to hear because casting directors, you sitting in front of me, are a human being. Um, and I think actors forget that sometimes. Uh, so I'm excited for this and thank you for being willing to have this discussion. Um, how'd you get into casting? What was that for you? Oh, wow. You're dating me now. Um, I merged into the, into the industry actually uh, via my sister who was a production manager coordinator. Mm -hmm. And I used to hang out at the production office um, you know, looking for something to do and yeah. people would pay me five bucks an hour. This was way back, right? Early 80s. And people would pay me five bucks an hour to file or do photocopying or or whatever and um, run and get cigarettes because everybody smoked then. Yeah. Pharmaceuticals, uh, all that stuff. Um, this was, you know, uh, Lou Adler was shooting a picture here called All Washed Up and Dennis Hopper came here with a picture. So this was a long time ago, and they I just kind of pictures back then. They called them pictures. They did. Yes, yeah. moving pictures. Yeah, yeah. And um, I just hung out in the office and and just you know kind of observed what was going on. And eventually, I had the opportunity to um, to work with Lynn Carroll, who was my mentor, yeah. and to spend time you know in the in the casting room and learning more about that aspect of the business. And I got really drawn in. What about it drew you in? Was it Lynn? Was it the actual well, work? Lynn, it was just the opportunity to be in the room with performers, with artists, with other people who were endeavoring to um, self-express hmm. their love, their heart, their everything. Why yeah. was that enticing to you at that age? Um, I guess because up until then I'd been very much... And I continued to be, honestly, but I was very much shut down emotionally. Mm. And um, having the opportunity to be witness to other people who were expressing themselves emotionally and, yeah. and hum humanly, yeah. um, I guess that kind of drew me in. I, I don't know. It was so long ago. I can't yeah, yeah, sure. But it's an interesting dynamic, again, as we talk about casting director and actor and, and, and all the casting directors that we talk to on this podcast – 
there's a similar sort of expression of you were drawn to that artistry that like there was something in it that you could be near or in and around the expression of that artistry so really it was the actor's work that that was enticing on some level right like that lit you up when i was growing up in a very sort of dysfunctional situation i came to understand what bullshit was mm. like it was just i had this bullshit alarm so i always understood or i began to understand who was telling the truth and who wasn't, you know, or right. where the truth lay. And I don't know why, but that's been critically important to me all of my life as a result. And when you see an actor show up and they're just telling the truth under imaginary circumstances, they're investing who they really are into the character. Yeah. That's beautiful, yeah. you know, because it's seamless. You don't see any edges between the written character and the actor. It's just like they are that person. Right. And it's because they invest so deeply of themselves in telling their unique truth, their voice. Right. So here again, though, we have this conflict of, on the one hand, the industry is a space of that truth. On the other hand, there's all the other ridiculousness. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, not even, we don't even have to judge it. It just is what it is, right? Like mm -hmm. the systems within the industry, mm -hmm. which aren't necessarily meant to offer truth. Or frankly, if someone doesn't have the capacity to make space for themselves, uh, you know, ends up grinding them down. So how do you, even as you're working with Lynn Carroll, like, and, and you see, so there's the filing and the like, the, the sort of admin work of it, and dealing with producers and whatever else, and and then and then maybe there's some truth in that. I don't know, but but then there's the truth of the art. Like, how do you rectify both of those things? And I would even say, like, throughout your entire career. I think I asked you this, how do you reconcile, you know, the linear structural aspect of filmmaking with the art? And, and um, I don't think either of us has, has an answer. No. You just have to practice. Right. I think you just have to keep trying. Right. Um, because there are certain standards that you have to meet. And in order to meet those, sometimes you have to, you know, for a casting director, put the armor on, yeah. you know, to achieve the the needs or achieve the goal of the producer directors and um once the armor goes on there's there's then they, then you lose the connection with the actor unfortunately mm. um and that that would happen in the room you know and and, and of course you know you just do your best yeah but yeah, yeah the moments when i was on the ground crying yeah like that casting director right you know were the moments when i saw deeply into a human soul and it was without the structure of a script or lines it was it was tell me about your life tell me something that you've dealt with in your life that created a great deal of adversity for you and how did you overcome it mm. and those those casting sessions were for specifically the revenant and it was like are you willing and i would sit in front of the camera on the side that the actor was on and a lot of them weren't actors, professional actors. They were people. They were human beings. Right, because they wanted to have people who were the real, the authenticity was important. Authenticity was always critical. Yeah. And so it was sitting on that side of the camera and um, looking deeply into the other person's eyes. Yeah. And they would take a breath and because they're nervous and it's like how do I prepare for this audition? There's no script. Because mm. I didn't even have a script. <laughs> so it was all improv and it was just questions, inviting people to open up. And 
I would say, I don't know, I, I kind of recognized a gift that I've developed, which is listening. And if you listen deeply, begin to understand in a way that you, you can't if you're just busy trying to, you know, meet the linear needs of the script. So people just, the, the energy in the room shifted always. And people would just go, oh, and then tell me a story. Wow. A true, I believe most of them are true stories. Yeah. But I needed therapy after that. <laughs> it's like, it like <clears throat> I would go home in tears. Wow. You know, and the emotional toil, it was worth it. Hmm. It was worth it. Wow. Whereas in the, in the structural aspect of the film industry, sometimes it's not. Yeah. It's not. Did you see, did you witness Lynn Carroll, for instance, or others in the room dealing with actors when it came to the yes. auditions? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And what did you learn from them as you were trying to figure your, your own way out? It was a matter of understanding what it took to actually fulfill a, a role. And it was, it was connecting. It was communicating. It was um, a singular expression a voice coming into that arena um it was connecting really i guess that's that's the strongest thing that i i felt that i felt, not only saw but felt it's just like connection and there's this whole vibration or this whole frequency that starts to happen you know and it's like it's so much fun yeah and that's what i think it should be so alongside of that though there are the realities of the industry and but at a certain point, you have to step up and do the actual work of a casting director that isn't necessarily the fun stuff of being in the room and being moved by actors and, and being in the creative work. What do you make of that as a young age, as you're starting? Like that, what might feel like drudgery or the not so fun stuff? It, it wasn't at the time because I was still on a very steep learning curve. And I had a lot of, not ambition, but a lot of drive. I had a lot of desire yeah. to um, grow into that, that, that role. And, um, you know, I, it was three years that I was actually um, casting before I would identify myself as a casting director. I was earning. I was uh. earning my way because I can't, nothing works for me unless I earn it. Hmm. You know, and, and I was learning all of that stuff. And the administrative stuff um, was just, it was interesting to me at the time. Right. And then um, eventually, you know, over the years, just like that was the part of the job that I really didn't like. You know, it's like administration and all of that linear kind of stuff, that right. intellectual stuff. Um, it really wears you down. Yeah. Like it's just so demanding. And it all happens so fast like you have to move so fast and um that was the least fun part of the job you know the the really lovely part of of working as a casting director was being in the room and and nurturing and and supporting and redirecting and you know doing whatever i could to you know on the other side of that is i need to get this role cast right so come on let's move right you know so so i didn't have a lot of I don't think I had a lot of time and patience to be really um, connected on an artistic level. I think. Do you think you should have been? Because, like, it, it again, and I, I really want to get it 
at the confluence of those two things, right? Like the, the, that conflict between art and finance or production or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. Like it doesn't get done unless you are on deadline and, and you meet the deadline. Right? Right. So, so how much do you think an actor is owed from you? How much of your heart are, are you, are you, do you think that an actor can expect of you? In, in the receiving of a self-tape, let's say, which is what it is now, or, or in the room? In retrospect, I wish I had focused more on that or, or made more room in my heart for that. Did you have the capacity for it? I've always had the capacity huh. as a human being, right. yes. I just wasn't exercising it. So let's, but let's talk about that. Lest this turn into a finger wag, which it can't, because I've said this to you before. I have seen Risa, because when the casting happens, it happens at our studio in Los Angeles. And I've seen Risa in casting experiences, like at least once she gets her heart just beat down because she invests emotionally and then something happens or the reality of the business, you know, something happens that that makes it so that this thing changes from from uh, art to, listen, we just have to get, someone's got to go on a plane to, to New Orleans tomorrow. I don't give a shit who it is or whatever that looks like, right? Or I met this person at a dinner party. I'm going to give them the role or whatever, but they're not right for it. But hey, whatever, right? Those sorts of things happen. So, so what's it like for you? You get your first casting job ever, right? Like, so we'll go back. Mm-hmm. And it's just you. It's not, not, not you and it's like just you. Um, what, what happens to you in terms of your level of feeling like you have to do a great job here for mostly, you know, the LA, New York producers who come up or whatever? Like, what's that like for you? Well, that's, you know, that's all that's on your mind is to prove that you know what you're doing. Right. And in retrospect, a lot of what I was doing at that time was I was using my instincts about about artistic value in an actor. And um, this was The Accused, and there was a, a role for a 17, 18-year-old boy who um, they hoped to cast here. Mm. And I actually discovered the right person to play that really challenging, demanding role. And it was a, a, a young man with very little acting experience or training. But he was so available emotionally, you yeah. know, just like so present and so ready. It was just, it was kind of magical, actually. So going back to that, it's, it's, it's that magic that happens when somebody's unique voice actually shows up in that, that difficult context right. of the film industry. That's where the magic happens. And I think that's what really got me further hooked in. But, you know, my employers, so to speak, and I was always self-employed, but my the people who engaged me to cast their, their films or their television shows, it was like sometimes, you know, I had to work even harder and put on even more armor just to survive that scrutiny um, because... Um, the demands are so high and you're already at a disadvantage if you're not American. So what are the specific demands that take their toll, like the day-to-day demands that, let's say, what I want to get at is like, what is your experience that for all the right reasons make you and other casting directors, by the way, like everyone we've talked to here on some level has, has a version of this, to have to put on the armor to get through that stuff. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, shit, it's one o'clock. I've got a casting session. And they walk into the room and the first actor walks in, mm-hmm. right? Like, and that armor's not coming down because it can't. 
And also, like, the director that you just had a fight with or was just a dick to you or whatever is sitting right beside you in the session, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever that is. Like, mm-hmm. So what are those things that start grinding at you during the casting process? Um, deadlines. That's why they're called deadlines. They're dead. You know, it's like, do it or you're dead. <laughs> you know? So just the, the pace, I think, which I used to thrive on. And then it just, after a while, it was just, like, too much. And as a result, I determined that I would only take on one, maybe two projects at a time. I couldn't, I didn't have the capacity to do more than that. Not emotionally, not into, not, you know, my brain was exploding, you know, with just trying to keep control. And that's, that is the the most difficult aspect, I think, is it's just needing to have that control. There's no life, there's no air, there's no oxygen, there's no... There's no art in that. Right. And if I think of a project like, for instance, Man of Steel, mm-hmm. some of these big projects that you work on that came up here, is on those bigger projects, is there more deadline, like less room to, maybe it depends on the director or the people involved. A but. lot of it is the director and producer mm-hmm. because I loved working with Zack Snyder. You know, you'd walk into the casting room and he'd be like, you know, bouncing a ball. He'd be, you know, throwing around a basketball. He'd be making jokes. He'd be like, you know, focused and serious, but still like just very relaxed and very open and very like, okay, let's have some fun. And he was lovely with actors. Hmm. How so? He was just like kind and, you know, um, accessible just in terms of, you know, if they had a question and he would, he would answer thoughtfully and, and there wasn't that sort of rigid kind of patriarchal, you know, you know, that, that, that committee of deciders, you know, he was there hmm. and willing to share and willing to connect. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I did three shows with him and yeah. everyone was a, a really enjoyable experience. Um, and I don't recall on those projects that the producers ever created any kind of difficulty in that process. Like mm-hmm. they didn't make it more difficult than it already was. Yeah. I think that's because of Zach. Right. That's you know, amazing. I think that's his style. Mm. Is he likes to keep it, you know, focused but relaxed. Yeah. You know, and fun. Yeah, yeah. So you have situations though where the deadlines are not so uh, it's rational serious person. television is killer. Because yeah. the scripts are always changing and you keep getting revisions and roles get written out and roles get written in and right. you know you've got to everybody's under so much pressure right so do um, you feel yourself like are you aware of the scar tissue that builds up over the years as that's yeah it's it's in my dna huh. it's in my brain you know and i don't you know you try to let go of those things but they kind of stick around you know hmm. um those those circumstances those situations and it was always you know unfortunately it was always men um, I worked with a couple of women who were pretty tough, but never as hard on me as some of the men were. Hmm. And there were some things, you know, that went on in the rooms that were really uh, not okay for me. Respect is a huge thing. Ga- having respect from people and giving it to people, that I think is first and foremost the most, it's the most important aspect of any relationship that you can have. And when you're working with somebody, um, you know, and they don't respect you, all the love, all the love goes away. Hmm. But serious television is the toughest. Hmm. 
Yeah. So, so you're on a series, um, and let's say the environment isn't necessarily an environment of respect, or it's it's of nothing but hustle and grind because exactly. that's just what's happening. Yes. And and then you know you got 15 actors waiting outside. And you've had people picking at mm-hmm. you all day. Mm-hmm. Let's say even being disrespectful towards you all day. How does that not, not trickle into the session? Like what do you, do you breathe it out before you walk through that door to get into the session? How do you navigate that back then? Um, well, for me, time has always been a bully. And I always like to be on time and punctual. Um, that's just in my in my in my makeup it's what I was brought up to do Mm. and so I think for some casting directors they might like take a breather and take a step back and just go okay I need 10 minutes before I begin this session I never felt that I had the liberty to do that I didn't want to keep actors waiting I scheduled um, my assistants and I scheduled very very carefully because I didn't want actors to be sitting in the waiting room for more than 10 minutes at a time and and you know when we got running behind because the director was late getting to the session or whatever I would stress so hard because I just felt that the actors yeah. who were waiting to come in yeah, yeah. and sometimes rushed into that process and as a result I think you know more in my head and less in my heart and just not really available to connect with the actors in those moments you know, which I'm not, you know, I'm not very proud of that, but it's you know, a fact. It's a yeah, fact. That, it's what happened. And what's interesting is like, we're, we're on opposite sides of advocating for each other here. Like, I get that. And I know where you are now about actors and how much you love actors and their process. And like, I, I, I get all that. So, so to look back now and go, oh, wow, like maybe I needed to make more space. Um, mm. And also, like... I did I, my best. <clears throat> Let's just put it that way. I believe that. I, I did believe my that. very best. And I, I don't know that a lot of people, I think there's more discussion about it now, you know, because I think a lot of people have advocated for, you know, mental health in the workplace Mm -hmm. and equality and all sorts of things, inclusion that people didn't really, a lot of people didn't really think about in the industry back then. And so to, to put you, who I know to be a hypersensitive person, which is part of your talent, in that circumstance of a TV series, episodic television with those deadlines and being shat on and from a lot of different directions, I don't know that a lot of people would have the actual capacity to then walk into a room full of actors uh, or one actor after the other or whatever with an open heart creating space for their artistry. Um, and, and the other piece of it is, and this is where I think actor responsibility comes in, I think we've talked about this before, Reese and I on this podcast, that part of the challenge is that actor after actor comes in and they also have their own shit, right? Like they, they are also nervous. So and they don't necessarily recognize that you are beside yourself because they're waiting for more than 10 minutes, which is such a caring and, and gracious thing to think about because the director's late or whatever. But they're not think like they're, they're lost in the, oh my God, I hope I don't drop the line and I hope, you know, I need to book this and they're in that place. So they walk in with all of that anxiety that then also becomes you know, comes out at you. Uh, and, and so I think oftentimes your feelings, your, the stuff that's being put on you and you're walling up the actor's big feelings, which can cause, you know, walling up and and not connecting to it's a recipe for neither of us being able to stop and go, well, isn't this some shit, you know, (laughs) and let's just do some work, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's the question that, I mean, that's sort of the question of our studio 
is how can we have those conversations and realize that we all are in this together and we want similar things and it's how a, can we go about it? It's a serious it? evolution. You know, it it's is. an accumulation of understanding that we're all humans being. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're not just humans yeah, yeah. doing, we're yeah. humans being and taking more care and putting more time and energy and compassion into that whole situation. Yeah. Um, it wasn't very, you know, I worked on a lot of great series. You know, there were some really fun, you know, some really good material. And then others, it was just a drag. It was just yeah. like, you just get through it because yeah, yeah. the writing wasn't good or the people weren't kind or, mm. you know, just really like... And and here too, from a casting point of view, if I'm dealing with, you know, let's say a producer or director who's also undergoing yeah. huge amounts of stress, then I'm not going to connect with them right. either. It just trickles I down. Just ha- I just have, it all trickles down. And, and what suffers is the actual work of it, right? Like the actual artist yes. who suffers because we're all in this place of, in our egos trying to protect. Um, and well, I think they, the same thing happens. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, it just, it was, it was common <clears throat> just, you know, they said, somebody said to me once, well, fish always stinks, stinks from the head. And so it, there's that trickle down, right. you know, <clears throat> and it's understanding that, you know, the, the director, the producer, all the, the, the people who, the deciders, I call them, yeah. you know, is they're under a huge amount of pressure as well. Right. So you're kind of trying to provide this bridge or this conduit from the artistic aspect into the the industrialized aspect of it. It's a tough place for casting directors to be. Sure. The BGB studio has come to Vancouver and we're so excited to be offering Vancouver actors the highest level acting training and blurring the lines between LA and Vancouver. We offer workout classes to deepen your craft and on-camera audition work to bring the full force of your talent to your self-tapes and your virtual auditions. Go to BraymanGarciaBron.com or just click the link in the show notes to learn more and to sign up now. And here is where the actor comes in. Because I think there's an opportunity in all of this mishigas, to use the Yiddish, Mm. all of this chaos, all of this insanity that in that moment where the actor offers their self-tape or walk into a room, Mm -hmm. they have the potential to disrupt all of that that egoic flow, all of that Mm -hmm. anxiety, all of Mm -hmm. that walling up with their actual art. Mm -hmm. If they have the capacity to deal with their own stuff, you know, because really easily the self-tape process and one after the other, churning them out and throwing them into the ocean and hoping that someone cares, that turns into that same flow of monotonous momentum of anxiety and walling up and I don't want to get injured, but I have to do this. And so let me just lay the self-tape down or whatever. With every expression of their art, they have the capacity to disrupt this, to make you feel. So here you are and here the actor is sort of face to face, each hoping that the other makes space for the other's feelings. Because you're in need, because you've just come from some shit, right? Like, oh my God, I'm on episode 10,005 and like, they just changed the script again. Oh my, God, I have to tell another agent that their actor isn't gonna work the, or whatever, right? And then you walk into the room and you're like, no one's seen to my needs. And then the actor shows up nervous. Well, Michelle, I need you to see to my needs. Like, and so we're at an impasse. So, so yes, I mean, I think we should have more humanity, more um, intentionality, more mindfulness, more art in the industry generally. Um, but an actor can decide to make it their business to disrupt that with their work. And that requires vulnerability. It requires 
bold choices, artistic leadership. Um, and that's what we're advocating. So, so in all of this, oh, it all sucks. You know, the industry's shitty. It's conflict between art and finance is the potential for actors to say, and I'm going to be a leader and disrupt that shit, which is exciting, you know? Um, so you're in this place grinding, like things are hard. It's up and down and up and down. And there's, you know, you're, you're discovering 16, 17 year old kids who are just like genius and it's great. It's magical. Um, what keeps you going for actual decades in the industry? I would say a passion that I can't quite identify um, in words. It's, it's, a, it's in my heart. It's just like being with like-minded people, artists, you know, um, who are sensitive and are, um, can become vulnerable and can um, use their own unique voice for self-expression in a, in a way that nobody else can, you know? Because you, I mean, sometimes actors would enter into into the business saying, "Well, yeah, I want to be an actor because I want to be somebody else." Well, you can't be anybody else except yourself. Like we're all snowflakes, right? You just <laughs> there's no two alike, and so you can't you can't you can't become somebody else. You have to be who you are under imaginary circumstances, and and inviting the actor to to do that. Um, and especially with the self-tapes, and that goes to why I'm not casting anymore. Mm. Um, but what, I, what I've been doing is encouraging people to understand that now that I kind of like that aspect of my career is kind of, I'll say behind me, um, now I have the room, I can make the space for myself and for actors to imagine and to and to let go of needing to control the situation or to control their work in such a way that they'll get approval. You know, it's like understanding that context. But then, you know, once you've, you know, you've, you've got the menu or you've got the recipe and you've got the ingredients and now when you make that dish, how is it going to stand out from everybody else? Well, if it's authentic, if it's real, if it's, hmm, if there's that, aroma that fragrance that frequency that special frequency that's so present moment and so real and so imaginative and inventive and human so the so hints of that kept you going all of this time <laughs> i mean and it's also it's a job yeah. right like there's that well, element of it too but yeah i lived through those moments yeah fair enough i that's what kept me in there yeah I also, I knew what I, I believe I knew what I was doing and I was getting some good results Absolutely. and enjoying some, you know, like your resume is ridiculous. Like <laughs> you look at it and it's, you know, if I think of as an actor, like one project that I was part of and <clears throat> the investment of time and energy in that one project. And then you look at your resume and see all like just one after the other amazing quality work. But, but not just that consistently. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Like to go from one to the next, to the next, to the next for what, 35 years? Mm -hmm. um, how, do you, how do you sustain that? And, and did you love it more than you didn't? Yeah, until I didn't. Yeah, I loved it more than I didn't. I had so many really beautiful, wonderful experiences. I learned so much. 
um, um, some of the directors and producers and creative people, you know, from a costume designer, to, fantastic, mm. you know, when there was space to engage on that level. Yeah. Um, it was beautiful. And uh, it was just, you know, you kind of go, okay, well, that, that wasn't a great experience. I don't have to do that again. So mm. let's move forward. And where, where is the next wonderful opportunity for me to express my artistic values right. and creativity. So, so I want to talk about you choosing to step away from casting, which is like a big deal, right? Like we call you oh. a recovering casting director. <laughs> yeah. When you said but, that to me, it shocked me. It shocked me into, into present moment reality. It's, it's true. Like, and, and if I can't be kind enough to recognize myself, how can I be kind enough to recognize anybody else with compassion? Okay, so here, here is how you explained it to me. And, and I, want you to, to, I want you to hear how you explained it to me first and then tell me whether what I perceived was right, just so we're mm-hmm. on the same page here. Things got to a place where it was the toxicity of the industry, which you know, has always been there, but that you tolerated you were less interested in tolerating, perhaps it was taking more of a toll on you. And, and then you had some life events which were emotionally re- like really challenging and decided to take a year off. Is that mm-hmm. where you, that's, that's well, how your step back started. I didn't even decide, that's just what just happened. To, yeah, 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 that's yeah. what had to happen. It's like, okay, I need to make time for my family, for myself. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and when I began to reside in that place of, of more humanity, I started to feel kind of, I started to see my own bruises. I started mm. to see my own battle scars that you I, didn't see when you were just in the momentum of, I didn't of rec- the industry no I didn't yeah. have time Yeah, I was yeah, too yeah. busy trying to stay working and like I said yeah. to you um, I only did one or two projects at a time yeah. so unlike my competitors who were you know building their resumes exponentially accumulating right. all and making all these connections you know so I would find myself with gaps you know in my career where I wasn't working because I hadn't hadn't made those connections or created those networks of consistent um, consistent employment. Except you worked for 35 years straight, yeah. though. Yeah. But that you're saying there were gaps. There were gaps, yeah. 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 And so it's, it's like mm-hmm. I, I challenged myself on that even at one point. I thought, well, if you took on more work, Michelle, then you'd have more connections and you'd have more consistency. Mm. But I knew that I just didn't have the capacity to yeah. do anything more than what I was already doing right. well. Right, right. And it, it was always to me about doing one thing well instead of doing half a dozen things half-assed. Did you ever think of, as cast directors have done, turn this into, you know, Michelle Allen Casting Inc. And you step back and you take on multiple projects and you have assistants and associates take those things on. Didn't occur to me. You breeze in, you say, hey, yeah, that actor, great. You go back to Mm, your beach house. Didn't occur to me. I'm, I'm not... I'm not at that level. I mean, you know... But the, whereas, but the thing is, you could have been... I mean, you're doing really big projects. That was on the table. No, like, I wanted know? to be hands-on. Yeah, that's, right. that's what right. I loved. Yeah. Was yeah, casting. Yeah. And, and also, it took its toll, right? So, like, mm-hmm. here we have... We're getting a sense of, of, of you as a human being, which is your desire to be in there, but also being in there can be injurious emotionally and otherwise. Yeah, it, I didn't really even 
recognize that at the time. It yeah. wasn't until I stepped away that I went, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Michelle. And you see those bruises and you have compassion for them, obviously, and you realize you have to take some time. Mm-hmm. In 2018 um, was the last project I cast and, and it was a huge picture with, yeah. I won't mention his name again, <laughs> um, that went went down after right. five weeks of casting and pre-production. And then we merged into 2019, which is when I had personal, um, some devastating personal um, things occur, um, and right through 2019. Yeah. And at the end of 2019, I went, okay, I need to get back in that saddle. I didn't really yeah. want to. I was still feeling the weight of the, the previous year, but I thought yeah. you, you have to, you have to go back to work right. and you have no other skill set, Michelle. So you <laughs> better just get back on that horse. Right. Wait, and so why didn't you work in 22? Oh, right. Cause the actual worldwide pandemic happened. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I saw what was happening uh-huh. and I thought, there's no longer a opportunity to be a casting director. You're now basically, you're processing tape. You're processing actors. You're not in the room with them, giving them opportunities to maybe fine tune or refine their choices or to shift or to, you know, to, to explore their, their own humanity in the character. And so, um, it was it was just like when it became apparent that there was not going to be that flow of opportunity to to be in the room to do what I love to do most yeah. in that capacity, then I lost all interest. Wow. I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to be a a performer processor. Yeah. So here we are then in a because because I think like. Actors feel like they're being processed as well right now, which is part no of the kidding. challenge, right? Yeah. So, and, and if there's direction, it's coming in some one page that a casting actor sends out of like, you know, slate this way and do that and do this. Yeah. And we want things to be real. So like, or whatever, right? Yeah. Or, or feedback, you know, via Zoom or anything else. But it's not what it was. Um, but now we get into elements of reinvention, which require letting go. Mm-hmm. How do you How do you shift when your actual professional identity for so many years. <laughs> well, it was also my personal identity. Ah, interesting. Uh, yeah. So if I'm not a casting director, who, who am, am I? I? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so wow. this is this, you know, this late in my life that this is exploration of why am I here? Right. What's my meaning? Right. What's my purpose? What am I here to do? Right. And that's part of how fantastic this opportunity is is to segue into more of my own humanity into my own meaning my own purpose so that i can share that with other people right which is what i i long to do so because i look at you and go like oh shit 35 years of casting experience and she's not going to be busy doing it let's get her on team actor (laughs) because again like you've you have more experience with auditions and the casting process than most humans on the actual planet. So <clears throat> there's an incredible wealth of experience uh, that actors can mine and leverage for their own success. And, uh, and that's really exciting. But again, it, it, it requires that, that shift. So, so those things came up for you, uh, needing to prove yourself and wanting to, not seeing the bruises, et cetera. 
So how are you relating to actors in a different way now um, and integrating some of that softness that you've been forced to look at in yourself? It's, um, to me, it's, it's a, a very inviting opportunity to become more fully who I am and to encourage others to do the same yeah. creatively, to get themselves out of that mindset. That, it's been a huge mindset and a heart set as well, mm. you know, where you just, it's like, what really matters to you anymore? And what matters to me is, is connecting and supporting actors in their art. Now that I can kind of allow for the, the, the context to kind of drift a little bit into the background, like it's there, it's always there. We yeah. have to be aware of it, yeah. right? But how, what else can we do to extend through the camera lens into the heart of the casting director? Because that's what casting directors want, is they want you to move them in some way, in some, in some truthful way, in some human way. That's what they want. Mm. And if you can do that, if you, if you have the courage to do that and not to just tick off the boxes, but to go, okay, here's what this character means to me. Here's what this scene means to me. As a storyteller, how can I participate? And where can I put my passion and my love? Right. And what, how, what can I offer? And this is something that you and Risa talk about a lot. It's about, okay, well, you, can't, you don't have ultimate control, but you have control over what you offer. And if you generously do that with love and compassion for yourself and for other people, it'll show up. Mm. And what's interesting is, like, if I say that, an actor might roll their eyes and go, who's this jackass talking about Eastern <laughs> philosophy or whatever. When you say it, when Risa says it to people who uh, come with, again, like a deeper understanding of the actual cold hard casting process than most people on the planet, it's harder for an actor to roll their eyes and go like, no, no, that's just bullshit. Because you've actually, you, you saw it happen in real time, right? You were there. So, so can you honestly say without, you know, like it, that it's not just some woo-woo or whatever, but like that's the shit that books work? Like that's how a casting director goes like, ooh, let's send them off to producers. Yeah. Um, can I give you an example about that? Oh my God, please. In, I can't remember which project, but they were like, okay, um, can you get so-and-so on tape and so-and-so was in Newfoundland um, shooting some episodic and I'm like, uh, yeah, he's, he's a really good, he, she's a really good candidate. Um, let me see what I can do. And here's this kind of soulful, accomplished, you know, seasoned actor in their hotel room with their stupid iPhone. And this was 13, 14, 15 years ago right. before they even had that. Right. The essence of the individual, their commitment, their dedication to crafting artistically the character on their stupid little iPhone in their hotel room mm -hmm. on a break between, you know, between scenes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, it, it come, it, it, if it's there, the, the lens, well, yeah, people know truth when they see it. Yeah, for sure. They know, sure. they can feel it. And, right. that's, and that's a matter of extending your energy, not only in your photo, you know, your, your eight by 10, you, when you get your eight by 10 shot, it's like extending that energy using your eyes out 
to the rest of the world. And it's the same on when you're self-taping. You have to extend that energy through the lens. And if it's there, it can be very, very powerful and very moving. Hmm. That's the challenge. Hmm. What gets in the way, do you think, like based on your experience witnessing so many auditions, what gets in an actor's way from doing that, whether it's on self-tape or, or in the room? Um, nerves a lot of the time. Um, ego, needing to get it right. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, needing to get it right. But unfortunately, the ego is, is, is a poor facsimile of the soul, right? It's, or of confidence. And what, what casting directors want to see, first and foremost, is an actor who is confident in their capacity as an artist. And ego never works. It, it's got to be real. It's got to be singularly who you are and, and, and bravely courageously extending your vulnerability and your humanity and sharing it with other people. But, but I, I think it is an incumbent upon actors to put themselves in, for instance, a class situation where they are in the work, in a community, connecting yes. with other human beings, trying different things in collaboration consistently, yes. now more than ever because... Now more than ever. Otherwise, I mean, it's, it's always just been, isolation. You know, that's something that I always focused on when I was looking at a resume, somebody I didn't know, if they what they lacked in credits, I would always look to what their training was and whether or not they were actively pursuing their career right. in class right. or in some kind of training. Right. And the people who got my attention were the ones who did, right. you know, who had recent, okay, I just studied with so-and-so or I just did this class or I just, you know, training is, it's, is essential. It's like, if you want to play for the NHL, you can't, you can't play street hockey with your pals once a week, right. you know? Or once a month. Right. It's like, how do we get better at what we do? We practice. That's how I got good at being a casting director. Practice. You know? Doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Consistently. It's absolutely. essential. Because I think what can happen with the self-tapes is that you end up in this vacuum. Isolated. And it's just, you're just scraping the bottom of, you're, you're, mm -hmm. you're not being creatively collaborative mm -mm. Um, in a way that fills you up. Mm -hmm. it's, it, so every self-tape is, is depletion mm -hmm. of your creative juice, right? Yes. Um, and, and so, it, again, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm getting to know the community in Vancouver. Again, I lived here for a few years in the early 2000s working here as an actor. Um, but, but I think it, it, no matter where you are, like, um, as a community, a community needs to have a, a culture of practice or else it's not going to grow. And so, um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm having a great time seeing the actors who are working with us, um, and the ones who are sticking with it in consistent practice and how their growth is leading to specific, like direct success. And it's beautiful to watch, to see an right. actor grow and evolve and, and, and just become more fully who they are in their art. It's, right. just, it's just profoundly beautiful to watch. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's why I, I approached you is because I miss community. I miss yeah. being with like-minded people. I miss being around sensitive, you know, empathic, vulnerable, you know, um, people who are, are trying to find their own voices and their own self-expression, their unique, um, irreplaceable. 
humanity. I mean, yeah, yeah that's that's what I mean. Let me back in. Yeah, but, and what happens when I'll you're in that space? You 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 fill your own tank creatively and and personally, and you have your humanity reaffirmed, and then you can go back to the grind of self tapes and infuse that. Because you know, if you don't do that. What happens is you're sitting by the phone, you get, okay, you, sorry, your computer <laughs> nowadays, and, um, um, you know, just waiting for the next audition, and then when it happens, it's like, holy shit. Right. And, but if you don't have that working, working organic muscle right. that you're exercising on a weekly basis, it's kind of like trying to compete in, you know, a triathlon, having not trained for the last three months. Sure. You know, you just, you have to keep that, that artistic muscle your heart your brain you know your 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 connection with humanity your humanity you have to keep it active or it just flattens here's the other piece of it as we wrap up here uh i know that every class for me like doing the work that i do which aspires to create space for artists heals me on some level Mm -hmm. as much as i came from a place where there wasn't room for my own emotional expression right um I know the same thing will happen for you, which is exciting, because I think of Michelle in the grind of a TV series, you know, 10, 15 years ago, and A, she needs a hug, (laughs) but also um, she needs and deserves to be in and around an artistic community that's supportive, um, that allows you to, uh, to do, I think, what you do best, which, you know, beyond that administrative part of casting, to be with other sensitive artists and guide them and bring them to the artistic and professional success that they're looking for. So I'm excited for that. It's a lot of it is going to be, for me, it's going to be about reassuring that who you are, where you are right now is okay. Sure. Which is what you've reflected back to me is like, you're okay. You're all right. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. You're okay. You'll be all right. <laughs> just, I'm excited for it. I'm I'm thrilled, yeah, yeah. and I I just I sometimes I think about it and I go it can't be true. It's like it's a dream come true for me. Um, love I love it. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. We know that you're feeling the stress of these challenging and uncertain times. We are too. And it's possible that you have no idea how to nourish yourself as an actor, as an artist in all of this. And we're here to tell you that that's okay. Everyone we know in and around this industry is feeling all that. And we want you to know that we're here to help. Every month we open up our online studio doors and invite you to join us for a virtual workshop where we dismantle and reconfigure your approach to your craft, the industry, auditions, booking, self-tapes, and taking care of your creative soul. It's our mission to make you feel empowered and confident, even excited about what's ahead and what you can do right now. So join Steve and me online, meet our amazing teachers, find out what actions you can take in order to thrive, and let us guide you to the success you're looking for. To reserve your spot, check out the Summit link in our show notes to sign up. Space is limited, but we want you to be there, so click the link. We love sharing this content with our community. We offer it 100% free, and it's our privilege to do so. If you're loving this podcast and are interested in offering something in return, go ahead and subscribe to The Acting Podcast. Then find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen to your podcast and leave us an honest rating and review. 
Your words will help us bring this work to even more actors and artists around the world. Thank you so much for listening and for being here with us. We love how this community shows up for us and for each other online and in the studio. Come visit us online at thebgbstudio.com. Jump into a class with us. We're here to get you into the kind of shape necessary to be successful.